Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Ruel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, make the second half of life even better than the first. As we look back and review our lives, many of us realize that we've become stuck in a cycle of negative, repetitive patterns that keep us from moving forward, trapped within unresolved, often painful mindsets. How do we find ways to release ourselves from these limiting beliefs and negative self-talk? As we commemorate National Mental Health Screening Month, we talk today with Dr. Sharice Johnson, a veteran psychotherapist and author of Expired Mindsets, who will tell us about her unique approach to help get people unstuck from patterns that no longer serve them well. Dr. Johnson is founder of Jade Integrative Counseling Wellness, a therapy practice that focuses on personal values, the search for meaning, and the power of choice. She'll discuss the importance of self-awareness and identifying and releasing expired mindsets, specific techniques and strategies people can use, and she'll offer some real-life examples from her own work. With her extensive training in crisis and trauma, neuroscience, and identity development, Dr. Johnson is boldly creating what she defines as a new lane between the intersection of mental health, inclusivity, and growth mindset. So now let's welcome our guest, Dr. Therese Johnson. Therese, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Uh, and this is a subject that I think is, you know, gaining increasing traction these days, you know, and I'm sure you, you from your experience too, you know, there, and there's still some stigma about discussing it, but it's important to, you know, um, for better or worse, COVID got it out in the open because of uh, the isolation, social isolation of people, kids not going to school, you know, all sorts of issues like that. So I'm glad that I have you to talk about it, and particularly glad that we talk about it in a, you know, different kind of way. Yeah. So I'd like to start off a little bit before we dive into your book um, and tell us a little bit about yourself, because I find that one of the things about my show is is that I like the the journeys of my guests are, are as interesting as the content. So just give us a snapshot of how you got to this bold new lane. Yes, it's bold new lane. So I'm the youngest of eight. I think that gives a lot of context. Wow. There are yeah, six girls, two boys in my family. I was raised by a single parent for a good portion of my life. And then my mom was remarried later. And I think even that aspect of blending families and those dynamics are a key part of me learning myself. I was always the child, even as a young person, who would look at people and go, well, how are you? And then they would go, I'm fine. And I would look in their eyes and go, no, really? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've always been fairly inquisitive around how people are doing and wanting them to feel like they can be well. That stayed with me as I went into college and then later on grad school, and I studied human development, studied music, and then progressively studied psychology and trauma, both to support people that I love, but also looking at my own journey of noticing things about myself that I felt like were incongruent or things that I wanted to do better or feel like I was kind of ruling and aligning with what felt good for me versus being a product of mm -hmm. my environment or my mindset. Hmm. 
Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I, and as I was listening to your background, I was like, well, that's interesting. Quite a, you know, an integration of, of work, including music. I mean, do you have a sense yeah. of how, how these different, um, approaches, uh, integrated into your overall approach? Yes. You know, when I first started music, it started as a passion. And then as you get into it more, I realized how moving music was. By the time I then added on the human development piece and then later psychology, learned so much around when we are overwhelmed or overstimulated or struggling, how music is one of the ways that can help ground us and center us and bring us back to a place where we can make decisions differently. So it's always been a part of my heart to help people understand there are different ways to layer and support yourself aside from just sitting down and having a conversation. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that, that's interesting you mentioned that too, because in a couple of weeks, uh, I'm going to have another guest uh, who um, um, is very involved in, in using what he calls beloved music to, to oh. work with Alzheimer's patients. Yeah. Uh, he, he founded uh, music and memory and now he's working on uh, another nonprofit, the right to music. So it, so mm -hmm. it absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, um, how did you found uh, Jade Integrative Counseling and Wellness? Yeah, so I first worked in what's called day treatment facilities, supporting mm -hmm. individuals who were struggling with eating disorders and then co-occurring mood disorders. As I was in that process, and it came time to move them from treatment into working with individual providers in the community, I felt like in my local community there was a gap between individuals who could manage trauma and knew specifically how to support someone who was used to three to five days of consistent care and then going into um, just meeting a couple of times a week and felt like that was an important bridge. I also wanted to create a practice where individuals would have an opportunity to have what we call bottom-up approaches that show them how to regulate their nervous system and integrate trauma because that's a big aspect that's overlooked when it comes to getting through difficult moments. Yeah, that's another uh, uh, <laughs> concept that's come to the fore. Uh, I think we don't, you know, I, I think initially, you know, a lot of us were familiar with it because we were familiar with, you know, veterans in PTSD. Mm -hmm. But but that's one trauma and a significant one. No 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 uh, question about that. Um, but there are all sorts of things that affect people's lives and traumas, and and uh, um, I think it's important to basically look at them from different perspectives. And I, yeah. I'm glad that you, that's one of your pieces of trauma and crisis. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that happening today. There is, you know, and that was a big part of what we noticed in COVID. A lot of people recognize that when COVID happened and they were kind of forced to be still, that the things that were coming to the surface weren't just what was happening in the moment. It was things that they thought that was five years ago, that was 10 years ago. I thought I was past this. And now all of these things I say were becoming cracks um, leading up to the surface. And that's actually how I ended up deciding to write expired mindsets is wanting to give people a tool that they could go through at a targeted time and at their own pace, because not everybody has access to therapy, not everybody believes in therapy. And I wanted them to have a therapeutic tool that would give them some understanding and some support. Yeah. 
I love that term, forced to be still. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, an interesting way to look at it. Um, so now that we're here, let's dive into the, your book, Expired Mindset. So tell, tell us a little bit about how you decided to write it and uh, how, did the book sort of evolve along the way? How did, it, how did it really? Yeah, so funny story is my daughter, who is a young adult, she still is, but I think she was probably about 21 at the time, said, mom, I think you should write a book. And I said, honey, I think you should go away. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's the middle, you know, of a pandemic. There's so much going on. But what she said stuck with me and it really became something that I felt impressed to do. That was a time where we were seeing such a cry for support and mental health support and the demand far outpaced the supply. So it became a way of me going, what can I give someone if they couldn't reach me, if they can't reach another person that they could walk through? I knew from the beginning that I wanted it not to feel like a textbook, but I wanted it to have solid principles that people could walk through and could apply to their life. And I wanted it to be a book that everyone felt like they could see part of their story in the book. So I often kind of made sure that I told stories that were centered around the experiences of clients who approved so that I could share how we're all experiencing this loss, this grief, this existential crisis. And it really formulated itself in what I feel like a really helpful way, a very integrative way that integrates mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit more specific about what you mean by expired mindsets. How do you define that? Yeah. So think of the concept of expired food. We have things in our refrigerator that if we were to consume them, beyond the expiration date, they would make us sick. So in the same essence, we have mindsets that developed at certain periods of our life because we were trying to survive or it was all we knew. However, we get to a point that we realize I keep having this same mentality and because of it, I'm hitting a wall. Because of it, I feel stuck. So I don't feel well holding on to this mindset, but I'm not sure what to do with it. So I wanted to use that connotation of understanding that sometimes you may have a mindset to develop in a season of your life. And at the time, it really was appropriate. And it may have even seemed like a strength, but you're now in a different season. It's now time for a new set of groceries, a new mindset so that you can move forward and change the way your life is. So the whole premise behind it is that better is possible. But that means that you have to release some of the ways of thinking and being that have led you to the point you are at right now. Yeah. So I think this is something obviously that's applicable to people of any age. But it seems that, you know, for my audience of 45 forward, I think it's especially so because I think that sometimes, um, you know, we we have expired mindsets, but we don't look at them because life just keeps going and going and going. We don't really stop. Um, mm -hmm. as you mentioned earlier, we don't force ourselves to be still and, and yeah. we just sort of go from one stage to another. We, we do this, we have jobs, we have family, we have this, you know, the college, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and so we don't look at this and, and I think it becomes more important really as you go on in life, mm -hmm. <laughs> keeping with your analogy, the, the longer you keep these expired mindsets like food, the more they stink. <laughs> yes, that's a great analogy. And it's true. And the other thing about it is we can put off looking at them, right? We put off going, oh, I know I need to clean out the refrigerator, but I don't have time. I'm going to get to that later. And we 
honestly do sometimes wait until there's a stench or there's a residue and we're forced to, and then it's a lot more difficult. I would also say, if I think about this season of life of your listeners around 45, it can be hard to look at where things are because that can be that turning point where expectations and reality are not in alignment. And so it can be a really challenging process and it takes a lot of courage to slow down and then find the space to go, where can I create change for myself so that I don't feel stuck? Yeah. I, I think that we we focus on, you know, sort of younger life and our, our kids in their 20s and then older life in terms of mental health issues. But I think, as you know, I think the 40s and the 50s are, you know, by some research studies, the most stressful. <laughs> Extremely stressful through a lot of studies. 40s and 50s end up being that point in our lifespan where we recognize that there's often less time on the other side. When we're in our 20s and our 30s, we still have this feeling that we have so much time. Well, you get close to 50 and you start recognizing, okay, there's only roughly X amount of time on my lifespan. And then you really start looking at where am I in life? Is this where I expect it to be? How do I feel? What's my quality of life like? You could be parenting. You could be parenting children that are going through difficult, tumultuous seasons of their own life. And you could be managing parents who are also aging. So yes, it is very stressful through every layer. Absolutely. Um, As uh, some of my guests know, and I mentioned to you before the show started, I'm working on a caregiving navigator guide uh, for family caregivers. And there's caregiving at every level. And you need to think about it, plan for it. And you know, there are moments when you need to pause, as you mm-hmm. as you point out, and 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 be still and say, like, wait a minute, where am I? What I I need to do. So mm-hmm. I think these are really important points. Um. So could you give us some examples of um, um, you know, from your own life or those you've worked with uh, about yeah. you know an expired mindset? Yeah, I'll definitely give one of my own. When I was growing up, being predominantly raised by a single parent. I had this belief system that said, I don't really need anyone else. I can figure everything else out on my own. However, you then hit a point in life where you realize if I continue to keep that mindset, I'm not going to have those deep relationships that I genuinely want because we all have an innate desire for connection, for love, and for belonging. And anytime we tell ourselves that we don't, it is typically because we've had bad experiences there and we believe it's not possible. So along that same lines, lo and behold, I meet this amazing, handsome individual who is now my husband, but it did hit this crossroads around, can I let him in? Mm. Is it safe for me to need someone because in my life that hasn't been a safe area? So your mindset that kept you protective, I'm independent, I don't need anyone, hits this place of, if I keep that mindset, I may miss out on what I genuinely want. So what do I do? And it's at that moment that I really began, even in my own life, to kind of look at my story and look at what were the factors that led me to believing that way. And instead of thinking, well, I'm holding to that mindset no matter what, I began to consider, and this is a tangible thing we can all do, what do I need in order for me to kind of test other possibilities? So instead of me believing I don't need anyone, 
What do I need in order to feel like I can trust other people? So how do you work with someone like when they're at that trigger point or that potential turning point of, you know, they need to sort of find a way to, to, to move that off that spot? Yeah. You first identify what led them to the spot. Hmm. What are the past or present experiences that they're a part of that developed that mindset? Because I have to understand the recipe in order for me to be willing to change it. And then once they've identified this is what has happened to me, I give them an opportunity to decide what do you want? Because it can't be a thing of let me pull your mindset away from you. It has to be something that we personally decide I'm choosing to release my grip. I'm choosing to consider that there is another possibility because that choice is a very big aspect of being able to move forward. So where have you been? How did the mindset develop? What choices do you want to make? And then together we work on what's a first step that could be small, but also have significance in terms of you feeling like you want to continue to take more steps. Yeah. It it reminds me of when people talk about how to change habits, which are very powerful. So these are mental habits that, that, you know, you're just, you know, you have an opportunity to go down one road and nope, you get flipped to that switch. It goes, keeps going back to the old switch. So you have to figure out how to make that switch. And I think sometimes um, you need to um, figure out, as you point out, what are the options? What what takes the place of that old habit? So, um, so this is great. Uh, I, I'm really fascinated. What we're gonna we have much more to talk about, obviously. Um, uh, but uh, we're gonna be taking a, a short break soon, and I think uh, when we come back, Sharice, we'll be talking more about that breaking of habits um, and other aspects of your book. Uh, how this uh, changes uh, is different from your traditional forms of uh, of therapy, and uh, how we can. Uh, find other ways to let go of this of our, our expired mindset so folks um we're gonna we are gonna take a short break but when we come back we'll be talking much more with dr sharice johnson so don't go anywhere Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The boroughs are New York City. The burbs are everywhere else. 
Real estate is the ultimate game of risk and reward. It's the biggest investment most people ever make. Fortunes are made over a lifetime and lost in a day. And we're not playing with Monopoly money. How do you stay ahead? Who's buying? Who's selling? And why? What do they know? We want the truth. You need an edge. Burroughs and Burbs is your secret weapon to giving you the insider knowledge and strategies you need to succeed in the high-stakes world of real estate. From Palm Beach to Palm Springs, Manhattan to Malibu, we press the experts to expose the pain, find the deals, and occasionally predict the future. That's Burroughs and Burbs, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific. Because everyone can make money in real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking with Dr. Sharice Johnson, a veteran psychotherapist and the author of Expired Mindsets. Now, before the break, we were talking with Sharice about, um, uh, you know, some of the ways you, you do get released from these mindsets. And I was uh, comparing it to, you know, how do we change habits? You know, what are some of the ways we do that and some of the difficulties and challenges? And, um, yes, yeah, so I wanted to uh, pursue that line of, of thinking about and looking at mental habits and some of the things that you deal with in terms of getting people to release themselves from these mental habits. Yeah. One of the things that I loved bringing into expired mindsets was that mind-body connection and helping us understand that we're integrated. So a mental habit is going to show up in our somatic, our soma, our body, and it's also going to show up in what we do. And they work hand in hand. So our behavior patterns mimic our mindset. If we want to navigate a mindset, we have to know how to calm the body, just like we talked about music and really engaging the five senses. And we also have to understand how our daily habits, what we say to ourselves. I have this a concept that I often will share with people and say, you become what you believe. And if we tell ourselves something long enough, it wires in a way of responding because that's become our truth. And if that becomes our truth, that becomes our habits. So in order to expire and release, it means I need to learn, going back to my earlier example, if I can trust this person, that means that when I'm with them, I can be honest. So whereas maybe my mindset was withhold information and don't be honest about how you feel, then the new habit needed to be communicate what you need. Even when you're apprehensive, I'm creating a new wiring, a new pathway, and that helps create space for a new mindset to say, I can trust people with my truth and with the things that matter to me. Yeah, that's so important. I think that, you know, having that option and basically, you know, working with people and saying, well, here are your options, because I think that's, that's the, uh, the, the trigger point where, or the, the, the obstacle where you want to change, but there's a risk in change. And, and obviously, you know, you don't, you say, I, I know I got to change, but I don't change to what, you know? So mm-hmm. I think people are scared of change. You know, I think that, um, you know, one of my um, uh, little uh, maxims that I think about myself, because I know that, you know, change is difficult for everyone, including me, is that, um, you know, when do people change? It's uh, they, 
they change when the the fear of changing uh, is overcome by the pain of not changing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very, very true. Well, and one of the things that I love using is I'm a big proponent of language mm-hmm. and finding words that allow you to approach the change that you desire without it overwhelming you. Mm-hmm. In expired mindsets, I give this kind of three-part process of reflect, restore, and recalibrate. Recalibrate is all about how am I speaking to myself? For example, instead of using the word change, for some people, we might use the word shift. Hmm. And I give the analogy that when a boat is on course, in order for it to shift direction, it doesn't make this big, huge turn or it would topside. And that's how we feel. It slightly adjusts a few degrees and little by little, it shifts direction. And then how can we take that same context into our own lives so that we realize small, very simple ways of creating new habits can lead us to where we want to go. And it doesn't have to feel like this overwhelming tidal wave that we're experiencing, which is typically what we feel like when we think of the word change. Mm, good point. So let's uh, let's just uh, go back a little bit and, and elaborate a little bit more on your, your three R's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those three R's, reflect, restore, and recalibrate. Reflect is the time that we're willing to sit and go, where am I noticing myself stuck? Where am I noticing myself overwhelmed? Where do I feel like I am getting in my own way? anywhere along that spectrum, because I have to be willing to have a level of awareness because we will repeat what we don't repair. And in order for me to make any level of repairs to my mindset, I have to be willing to see the ones that I know are challenging. And sometimes I can see it in my habits and my relationships. And sometimes I can feel it because it happens when I'm in connection with other people. So that's Mm -hmm. the reflect. Restore is where we bring in the body. We have to understand that because we're integrated, if my body is overwhelmed and feels stressed and tense and anxious, the decisions I make are going to be based out of fear and escape. So then I don't want to do any work of shifting. I just want to run. So restore means how are you treating yourself on a regular basis so that as you go through your day, you're constantly restoring yourself back to that middle ground where you feel like I'm comfortable enough to do work that might be slightly challenging, but it's not overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So after I reflect and then I restore by taking care of my physical self, recalibrate is how do I shift my language? How do I use words that are meaningful to me that feel good and honor what I'm experiencing versus words that somebody else might say, but it doesn't resonate with me because it's important for those words to feel like you and know that the more you say them, even if you don't believe them fully at first, they will begin to become your truth through the repetition. Yeah. I think that's so important, this notion of, you know, small changes, you know, make big differences. And because yeah. you're right, that they, or small shifts, so we say. <laughs> <laughs> Either one. Yeah, yeah. I think a friend of mine uh, used an analogy of, um, I guess it's sort of a notion of a, what he called a trim tab on a rudder. 
where it's just a uh-huh. little bit of a shift. It's not the whole, you know, yep. not changing total direction, but you're making a slight shift that makes a big difference in terms of the overall direction. So I think that yeah. works. Yeah. 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 Now, did you, um, was there a moment, you know, I think that the, the mind body connection is, is, is really important. And, and, you know, people, I think give some, um, recognition of it but it's a little bit of lip service i think that i think that you know I, we we do have we've developed this culture of like somehow somehow it's like the neck up okay we got this head this mind yeah. and then there's the body mm-hmm. and i think we're learning a lot and i think all the time about the connection between the two and as you yeah. point out the you know the, the relationship between behavior and your thoughts and mm-hmm. and, and uh, so was there a moment or were there moments in, in your evolution where you where you sort of like they're like huh Okay, now I get it. <laughs> For sure. So that whole dynamic about understanding neck up and neck down, and they're really actually connected, that's why we have a neck, is rooted in the dynamics of, of trauma and neurobiology. And one of the first ways that I recognized it in my own life was people would often look at me and go, wow, you are so calm under pressure. And over time, I realized and was able to acknowledge I am visibly and outwardly appearing calm. But if you were able to look inside my body, you would see that things feel very different. And what I'm holding inside is completely different. So one skill that listeners can use, and I often use it with people, is what we call internal weather report. This is a way of kind of self-regulating and self-checking to go, how am I really doing with life and all the changes I'm trying to make? So an internal weather report means if I can look inside of your body and really if you take a look inside of your body, how would you describe what's happening inside using the weather? Is it cloudy? Is it sunny? Is there really a tornado? Because what we show people outwardly is going to be very different than what happens inside. And so what we have to recognize is that internal weather is your driver. That drives what you think about yourself, what you're saying to yourself. I'll give you a quick example. Let's say you're a person that's anxious and you feel like I don't speak well in front of other people. And I always feel like I fumble over my words and people aren't going to take me seriously. So you're already going in with those assumptions. You're heading into this room where you're going to interact with people that are important to you and you are anxious your heart is beating, you are sweating, you hope that nobody sees it. And all of a sudden, then you're getting in your head. And so instead of being present in that conversation, you're literally battling, should I say something? I shouldn't say something. That person's going to think that I'm crazy if I use that word. I really hate this. I just want to leave. How much longer do I have to use? So you're spending all this time in your mind, in your head, but notice the connection. You're also feeling that in your physical body. That is what's part of the catalyst. So in order to move through that moment, if I'm working with someone and I have who experienced similar things, we would talk about how do you bring your body down to a closer, more manageable aspect so that you can then utilize your voice. And that might mean you go and step away for a moment and go to the bathroom and you do one minute of diaphragmatic breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth, calms the body down, choose one thing that you want to communicate. And then go back out and practice communicating that in the space. But we have to involve the body because the body and the mind run interconnected and bi-directionally. Right. 
it's it's so funny you mentioned the you know this the weather report because uh, I'm in a, a group. It's, it's really a spiritual exploration group, but mm-hmm. we begin each session with, uh, okay, Clarice, what's the weather report with you? <laughs> is, ah. it, is it? Are you? Is it? And you know, you get eh, cloudy. Okay, but a little windy, you know, and it's mm-hmm. it's interesting that this, you know, the visualization of it that way, you know, encapsulates it very, very well, you know, and people go mm-hmm. like, yeah, I get it, you know, <laughs> it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. And it's a safe context, right, for people mm-hmm. to be able to describe that doesn't sound overly personal. I don't have to tell you everything I'm feeling because that's very vulnerable, but I could tell you oh yeah, there's a tornado inside, even though I'm smiling right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a quick check-in, but it's, I think, much more, you know, visually provocative. You kind of get it yeah. really quickly. Yeah. So, so do you, besides the breathing, do, do you have um, in your book, some other examples of tools people can use? Um, yeah. In term, yeah. I'm a big proponent of journaling. And I want to say you can do that through writing or you could do audio journaling. The benefit to both processes is it gives you an opportunity to get out of your head. Part of how we get stuck ruminating on specific mindsets is that we're going back and forth in our mind. So at the end of each chapter, for example, I might ask questions that people can reflect on and they'll notice that those questions are things that they can use in different aspects of their life, but giving them a self a chance to really understand where they are. Another quick technique that I probably one of my favorites. As soon as you wake up each morning, before you get out of bed, I want you to take a moment and notice how you feel, how you feel physically, how you feel emotionally, and how you feel energetically. And then based on what you notice, let's say maybe you notice I'm a little under the weather. I'm a little emotionally exhausted from some things that I've been handling. And I didn't sleep very well last night. So from there, that's your kind of your your tracking, we call it. Then you ask yourself the question, based on what I just noticed and how I feel, what do I need to shift in my day? Mm. So to honor and respect the fact that I didn't wake up and feel amazing, is there a meeting that if I did that meeting another day, I would show up better for that meeting? Is there a heavy conversation that I was planning for today, but my capacity feels a little bit different? I'm going to reschedule that for another time based on what I notice. And that's a really powerful way to be congruent and work with your body and your mind versus throwing yourself into situations when you know I already don't feel well. So I'm going to struggle in these relationships and these engagements. Yeah, that's another good example of forcing yourself to be still for a few minutes before you start the day. Yeah, yeah. that's that's great. Now, do you do you have a, a particular ritual that you do that when you get up? Um, so I do it before I get out of bed. I okay. literally will cut off my alarm, lay on my back, place one hand on my chest, one hand on my belly, and take 12 diaphragmatic breaths. And that allows me to really track and notice, am I waking up anxious? Am I waking up overwhelmed? And then from there, as I then go into my day, I do a process of reviewing my day. I look visually at my schedule and go, what do I notice fire off when I look at what I have today? And if I notice that I start feeling some anxiety because my schedule is so packed, then the goal is for me to honor that and thin it out a little bit. And so those are the two ways that I engage with myself on a regular basis and then kind of check in throughout the day 
to make sure that I'm still making enough adjustments because it's easier said than done to change your schedule. Absolutely. But I like the idea of, of starting before you're even out of bed, you know, because because yeah. once you're out of bed, you're boom, you're up and going. So it's if you, over. If you do it, that's good. I like that. I like that. And then, you know, recognizing that you may need to adjust at some point in the day that things happen. That's mm-hmm. okay. Um, things always happen. So yeah. I like I like that very much. Um, mm-hmm. um, so um, so a lot of this is is about self awareness. You know, you yeah. mentioned that, and and really taking the time to to be self aware and, and you know put yourself first. You know, be you know in terms of putting your best best self out there. So yeah, um, yeah I think that you know, self awareness really is the key, um, or one of the keys. Um, so. Are there any other ways that you think about in terms of improving self-awareness? You gave a couple of examples, just like. Yeah, I think the key to add with what we're saying is once you're self-aware, how do you honor what you notice? That's where people don't have follow through. They're very aware of what they're feeling. They're very insightful. They can name it but it takes some courage to shift how you respond to it. So that's what I want people to get as they listen to this and then go back and listen is when I become aware, how am I responding? And am I honoring what I need versus distancing myself from what I need and then getting disappointed because other people aren't meeting my needs when I'm not even meeting my own. Mm. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I know you're like, oh, you take your breath away. Yeah, no, that's that's that, that's absolutely yeah. It's, it's re- the response to it. I think that's that's really a, a key element to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. Um, uh, so you have a lot of principles. We have coming up. Uh, well, let's see. We're well. We have a, just a, a minute to go before the break. So I'm just gonna. I think I don't want to in- interrupt your flow of thought here. So I'm, I'm gonna do as I'm gonna take. Uh, we're gonna take another short break. Uh, when we come back, we have a lot more in our last segment with Dr. Sharice Johnson. Uh, we'll be talking, uh, you know, about her book. We'll also be talking about some of her other projects, her other books, her other events, um, and how you can get in touch with her. So, um, folks, uh, we have a lot more when we come back. So, don't go anywhere. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. Once again, we're talking with Dr. Sharice Johnson, the author of Expired Mindsets. Uh, before the break, we were talking a lot about her book, a lot of the uh, specific principles about how we get rid of uh, expired mindsets. Uh, for the last segment, I wanted to start off by just seeing if we could expand a little bit uh, with Sharice about um, how she envisions this, the, the concept of expired mindsets could be looked at more broadly in terms of how it impacts society. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I love about the concept of expired mindsets is we all have various parts of our life that need what I like to call an update where it's important to have this process of how do we continue to be open? How do we continue to look at here is something that at one part of my life, it served me well. And now that I'm in this part of my life in connection with various people in my community, this is no longer helpful. I think that's something that can be looked at in your relationships, in your professional life. It can be looked at even in your relationships with your children as they go through different seasons and how we view them. We are also, and I say we meaning like myself and my husband and some of the other individuals who kind of collaborate with me are utilizing these concepts in schools, in universities, and in organizations to talk about the impact of mindset and the importance of giving yourself permission to evolve and to shift and to know the balance between here's what I've always believed, but now that I have new information, can I give myself permission to think differently? Yeah. See, as as you were talking, I just started flashing on a lot of the <laughs> things that we see in today's society, uh, which are reflection of of mindsets. And in some cases, uh, I think there are the struggle to move past expired mindsets. So, in other words, whether it's you know, and and they're usually not talked about it in in your language, which I think is interesting. But I mean, movement, so civil rights movement, mm -hmm. feminist movement. Mm -hmm. um, disabilities movement mm -hmm. any kind of shift in, in our in our society um, requires us letting go of previous mindsets and i think people are, people are having trouble especially right now i mean yes we not to get involved in the specifics of politics but i think a lot of pol the political landscape now is about conflicting mindsets and yeah. people you know i, I think people not everyone, but people being afraid to let go of previous mindsets. There's a fear there that yeah. of loss. That fear is very true. It's the fear of loss, but it's also the fear of the unknown. 
Mm. So sometimes people may be willing to shift, but there's a lot of fear around what am I shifting to? So if I don't see anything better anywhere else, then we have a tendency as humans to fall back to what's comfortable, even when what's comfortable is now fallible. Right. Yeah, I think that going back to what we were talking about earlier, the how important it is to show people options or give them a sense of what the you know a different mindset could look like and feel like. Um, I yeah. think, yeah, I think that um, you know, I think there are a few groups. Um, I've had a group called Braver Angels on that mm. deals with um, uh, it's basically trying to deal with political differences between you know the short cut it you know the red and blue in this country and mm-hmm. they they basically do a lot of work just putting groups together mm-hmm. of people with different perspectives mm-hmm. um just to see well this is what it looks like this is what a person who doesn't agree with you this is what they look like this is how they act yeah. this is you know uh how you en- you can engage with them and i think it's as you point out it, it releases that fear like oh yes okay it gives us a different picture because a mindset is stuck on a specific picture. It's stuck on, this is the only way I know how to see this paradigm. So much as you're know, as you talking, I was having this conversation with someone even earlier today about having those moments. My father used to call them polite sandpaper, where (laughs) you are intentionally rubbing up against people that are different than you in whatever way that is. But as a result of that gentle, polite rubbing is you kind of smooth out a surface and you begin to open yourself up. And instead of seeing all people one way because of this mindset, you now begin to go, wow, well, there are divergencies to this belief. And so the kind of antidote from that rigid, strict mentality is curiosity. Is can I be curious about what's different or how I would feel if I allowed room for different? It doesn't have to be all or none, but can I just be curious and just lightly engage in small and calm and comforting ways? And let's see what happens. Hmm. I think your father should should coin that term, polite sandpaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, I, I think that... Um, uh, it's tough though. Um, uh, you know, getting people to that point though. I mean, so I, I guess for a lot of people, you know, that you deal with, you really do need to do some, well, one-on-one work or, or group work. How, yes. how do you work with these individuals? Yeah. So a lot of times we do things like shadow work and mm-hmm. shadow work is based on recognizing the parts of us that we try to hide. We try to keep in our shadows and we do work called making peace with your shadow, which is an aspect of understanding that your shadow is part of your story. It's what's going to be with you all the time. It's hiding underneath the surface, but there's some very valuable information there. It also can include things like parts work, which means recognizing how specific parts of your identity have developed because of your experience. And those parts of your identity are the ones that can feel very rigid and often contain some of the mindsets and behaviors that you want to abandon, but they've become defense mechanisms. So they're there to save you and they think that they're helpful. And so we work on 
how do you recognize that as a part of yourself versus this is just who I am. I've always been that way. So that's the difference even between I am an individual. If someone feels like I'm an individual who struggles with depression versus I'm a depressed person, right? Mm -hmm. Identifying it versus that as a part of me, I do not always exist in that space all the time. And if you can slowly separate yourself from those parts, then you can begin to reconcile and acknowledge, when do I notice those parts of myself coming to surface? Do they come to the surface when I'm afraid? Do they come to the surface when I'm overwhelmed? How can I be curious about them and recognize the message that they're trying to tell me? So it can be very powerful work that can be done one-on-one, or yes, I often will do small group retreats with different groups of individuals where we get into some of those pieces and then they have individual work that they can use to just increase their awareness and their responses. And then let's see what happens. And then we come back and we do a little bit more. It's an ebb and flow and it's not an overnight process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just started thinking about that song, me and my shadow. (laughs) Yes. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's a good point that, you know, getting people to look at parts of them, not this is who I am. That's yeah. a piece of me because I think that doesn't define me. I think that happens to a lot of people. That, mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, this didn't work out. I failed at this, but I learned something. I'm not a failure, but I did. This yeah. didn't work out. You know, yeah. And so changing that. Now I assume too that a lot of these uh, principles could work with individuals, but they probably uh, you you and you may well do some work organizationally, right? Because yes. uh, uh, organizations could have these you know endemic problems. Yeah, I will often use these same principles in organizations, specifically with helping organizations understand what their culture embodies. So really recognizing you may have a culture that outwardly everyone is walking around saying the right thing, reciting your mission statement and seems happy. But also if we take a closer look at your turnover rate or if we do some anonymous assessments on how people really feel about being in the environment the story is very different. It's in contrast. So we will talk a lot about, do you offer opportunities for honest reflection in your organization? Are there opportunities for people to step step away from difficult situations in the organization and have quiet spaces? And how do you recalibrate the way that you talk to the people that you work with or through the people that work for you? And do they believe that you view them as a whole person or just someone who is there to kind of build their dream and really helping them understand what that means and how to look at keeping the core identity of that organization, but also looking at their system and maintaining awareness to where their system may have some things that it needs to organizationally expire in order to continue to grow and to be healthy. Yeah. So and during the break, we were talking briefly about something I wanted to bring back and to, to for our audience, which is uh, sort of the difference in looking at you know, with your integrative approach to the notion of wellness, which people can talk about generally, but it's you have a more specific view of it. I think is very uh, uh, valuable, and, and so it's difference between you know, are you sick? Do you have a, are you do you have the flu versus are you well? You know, yes. So talk about that well? before, yeah. Yeah. Are you well? And what does it mean to be well in your life? Because that's how we individualize well-being and recognize that 
what well looks like for you is going to be different for me, which is going to be different for our children. And also looking at the five life domains. Are you well physically, spiritually, financially, socially, and emotionally? Because all of those areas will impact your level of well-being, your mental mindset, and what you believe is possible. Mm. So we just have a few minutes left. So I wanted to make sure that uh, we got some uh, information about you, about how people could get in touch with you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your website, uh, which is what? My website is drsharice.com and Sharice is spelled C-H-A-R-R-Y-S-E. And it's just D-R, right? Doctor not spelled out. Yes, just D-R. Right, right. And uh, uh, I've looked at the website. It's got some great information. It's got a, you also do a podcast. Yeah, um, I do a podcast called Dear Dr. Sharice. Um, I was terrified to start that podcast, but the people spoke and said, please. So I allow listeners to actually send me questions that they would like to be covered and they can either have their name or have it anonymous. anonymous and then I kind of go in and speak to those questions and give some general guidelines that they can use to work through those areas. Yeah. And so you've got a, a daily text motivation too. You've got on-demand courses like Self-Sabotage yeah. 101. And yeah. you have another book coming up. Just want to mention that briefly. Yeah. Yep. Um, it'll come out November 4th. It's called Get Off the Scale and Heal. And it's really centered around the dynamic of the perfect body and knowing that just because we look well does not mean that we are well. So making sure that we are spending as much time looking at our internal health as we are our external health, and then speaking to those that may struggle with body image or believing that thinner is better when that may not always be true when it comes to your mental well-being. Right. Yeah, that's inside and outside. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Right, right. Um, um, Any speaking engagements coming up besides this show? Yeah, so my next speaking engagement will be in November. I'll spend a week in Arizona where Mm -hmm. I'll be working with some women in healthcare Mm -hmm. at a conference and we'll have different events going on, just kind of talking about the state of well-being. And then that will actually finish me up for this year. But one other thing that I want to mention that I'm super excited about is that I will be a creator slash provider on a mental health app called Cadre, Mm. C-A-D-R-E. So individuals can come on to that uh, mental health app, getting it in the App Store or Google Play, use code Dr. Reese, D-R-R-E-S-I. That's a nickname. Okay. (laughs) And then join me over there for on-demand content around mental health topics, as well as I'll do some live um, mental fitness coaching and courses there as well. Great cadre. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll look for that. Yeah. Okay, folks. Well, there's always much more to talk with, uh, with, uh, Dr. Sharice Johnson. We'll have to leave it here for today. I want to thank Sharice for a terrific conversation. Uh, you could tell your friends if they missed my conversation with, um, Sharice today, they can listen to it as a podcast on voiceamerica.com or search for 45 forward, or you can go to my Roel resources website and click on the 45 forward tab. Uh, So be sure to join me next Monday, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time, when I'll be talking with Lisa Straz lawrence the owner of Go Career Compass, about how you can pursue a new career path, whatever your age. And many of us will be looking, as we live longer and longer, we'll be looking for multiple careers. So folks, until then, keep moving forward, 45 forward.
Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week.